0: Good morning. Hey, if you're from the cannery, will you just say good morning? morning. All right, so only like one or two of you. Just kidding. (laughs) Man, our church grew. God's good. I knew my sermons were starting to hit. I was like, these are starting to hit home. We got thousands of podcast listeners. I knew it was about to stack up, so I'm glad to see it's true that there's nothing else that's going on. It's just because you love the ruby that you're here. Just kidding. Welcome. If you're from the cannery, man, I'm so glad that you chose to come here uh, and, and just kind of enjoy a day away from uh, your regular space for worship. Um, if you're a regular at Ruby, welcome back. If you're new here and don't know anything that I'm talking about, welcome to Ethos. And uh, my name is Joshua, and I'm the pastor here at, at this location. Uh, I'm really excited for this morning. Um, I, I think if we'll be present and uh, if we'll have open hearts and minds this morning, I believe that God is, I think this morning is going to be special, you know, just to give you some just a little bit of background about what this week has looked like. On Thursday, I had this teaching ready to go. And every Thursday at three o'clock, we have a teaching meeting. And at 1 p.m., I just felt like God was like, it just wasn't the right teaching, even though we'd had it planned for months. It just wasn't the right thing. And so I I went out into the parking lot and just prayed and started to walk back into the office and felt God saying, don't walk back in yet. Keep praying, like keep listening. And And then I talked to Brandon, and this morning at Marathon, he had a total change of heart and switched his sermon at like 6 a.m., and if you've ever preached a sermon or taught anything, that's the worst time for your teaching to change. But he just said, I feel like God was moving me, and then obviously, if you ever go to the cannery, you know the curveball that was thrown your way this week, and how they're not even meeting at that campus today, because we got kicked out on Thursday, and I don't know. I think God's up to something. Uh, It feels like we're all being kept on our toes, and no one's freaking out or, or wondering how it's gonna go. We're just like, okay, God, obviously, you're... You're changing it up for everybody on our team, and yeah, I think God's up to something. So I just pray that we have open hearts this morning. Um, A few notes for next week. Um, Who knows what next week is? Someone holler it out. Birthday Birthday, Sunday, birthday, yeah, birthday Sunday. Uh, The cannery turns 11, which is insane. I think Marathon's like seven or eight. What are they? What's Marathon? Seven. Seven, All right, and we're turning five, so the Ruby's gonna enter kindergarten on Sunday, which is really fun. And (laughs) Uh, so we're really pumped, and uh, it's gonna be awesome, man. And a few ways we're gonna celebrate that. One, we made these really artsy, cool posters that I forgot to grab so I could hold it up and show you, so just pretend, but it's a beautiful poster in my hands right now. And, and uh, on the back, it has a list of our church planners that we're gonna be supporting. And so one of the ways that we love to celebrate our birthday, we love to just, uh, just praise God for all the generosity he's shown our family. And then we celebrate our birthday by giving our birthday away. So everything that's given Next week is going to go toward church planters and churches that are doing ministry across the globe in contexts not a lot like ours, um, where church is not the most common thing, where, uh, you know, I know like one of our planters is in Macedonia, uh, Sasha, and, you know, they're uh, 1% Christian. Like he's one of like a few handful of pastors in his entire city. And, you know, it's people like that that we're going to be funding, you know, and we don't just fund them with money. Uh, our team works with them closely, uh, walks with them, loves on them, prays for them, but also, it's just gonna be a big blessing just to fund them with, with cash, <laughs> like just to fund their ministries when they don't have big gatherings with generous people yet. And, and so, man, just be praying this week. God, is there, is there a special something on my heart? Like, is there a number you want me to give? Or are you just ask me to be more generous than I'm comfortable with, but I can trust you. Or just be praying about that because everything you give next week, we are giving it away. It will not touch the ruby. It's just gonna go towards planners abroad. And so, um, is, is everyone following me? It's gonna be awesome, okay? If you come to the Ruby, um, next week, we're gonna be hanging on the porch after the 9 a.m. and right before the 11 and just celebrating with food and just all cute, all these little cute knickknacks. It's just gonna be really precious next week. So make sure and plan to stay after the nine and if you come to the 11, to to come a little early so you can just hang out with us on the porch and uh, and celebrate. All right, Um, I think I went too fast. I feel out of breath. I hope you heard everything I just said. (laughs) Um, I was talking to my dad this week And are any of you guys crazy enough to listen to your podcast on one and a half speed? Does anyone do that? Yeah, you guys are crazy. Uh, You guys, your minds work much quicker than mine. And he does that too. It helps him like process faster. And I said, do you do that to my sermons? He goes, no, I can't do that. You talk too fast. (laughs) I went, I know, I figured that. (laughs) That would be impossible. It's like a chipmunk. Anyway, all right. Um, Man, last week, uh, if you were with us, we talked about the power of your calendar. And uh, the, the conversation was centered around rest, and just talking through what it looks like to to have a a grip on our schedules and where our time's going so that we can do what we need to do to bring rest for our souls. And we talked about how that that comes first and foremost in the presence of God. And I'd love to hear, anyone that was here last week, if you took a step with your calendar, would you mind just sharing that? And if no one responds, I'll trust that it just blew your minds last week. But you said nothing to say, but did anyone take a step this week in the what could be? In your calendar, any thoughts from last week? If you're new here, we do this a lot. It's not, it's not awkward for me, at least. <laughs> Did anyone see any kind of steps or any kind of epiphanies over the week as you had your calendar and thought about the what could be? Yeah. Scripture, and I'll just write the date and what scripture I read. So I have an accountability partner that I will present that to. Like at the end of the week, we'll get coffee and I'll be like, dude, I read Mark, you know, one, you know, and then Matthew two or something like that. So I've been able to do like a good three or four days, which is still better than. Come on. Man, that's amazing. So James was just sharing that. If you didn't hear him, that as he looked at his calendar, he just recognized he didn't have a daily rhythm of just being in the Word, spending time with the Lord. And so he started keeping a journal and just logging what he read. And then he he's meeting with someone. He is like a post, I didn't know that this was gonna be an answer. This is like the perfect answer. Um, but he was like, I have an accountability partner as well. All this in a week that he meets with every Friday to talk about what you read this week. And then you said something really important that I think I want us to hold on to. He said, I only did it three or four days this week, but it was a good step. And I totally resonate with that. Is that what you meant? Yeah, I totally resonate with that. That's the the purpose of the calendar, of the what could be. It's not going, it's an overnight uh, fix. That's the Titus 2, that grace trains us, that training is never overnight, but it's a process. And so any step taken is a good step. And so we look at the what could be and go, man, where do I want to be? And then we just take steps, and then we celebrate those steps, all right? Don't let the what could be condemn you. It's like, it's a, it's a hopeful thing that you're walking toward. And so, man, if you took a step this week, great. If you didn't, man, try again. Um, I, I did some numbers this week. I started asking myself, you know, about how many hours of the day is the average person awake? And uh, I chose to, to use this fake person that gets very little sleep. I said, what if someone gets six hours of sleep a night? And some of you are like, that's me, all right? That means you get 18 hours a day, and so I just kind of added that up, and in a week it's like 120-something hours, I think. And then I realized that for church, we get about an hour and a half, and so I did some math, and I figured out that you get 1% of your week in a church context like this one. So what we're doing this morning is 1% of your week, meaning that nine, this is a little number, 99% of your time is somewhere other than in this setting. I started thinking with the Lord, just like, God, why does that matter to me so much right now? Why is that sticking out to me, that 99% of our time is spent elsewhere, that this is only 1% of our time? And, and this phrase, I was talking to, to Sarah Sullivan, our campus coordinator, about that, and she just used this phrase she, that, that we've all heard, that if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a what? A day. If you teach a man a fish, you feed him for a what? A lifetime, a lifetime right? And, and just realizing that, man, if I only get 1% of your time, I don't want to try to, like, fill this 1% as full as possible, so you're just freaking, about, freaking out about how good this 1% was, because you got 99% of your life to live somewhere else, and I hope that you come here, and you love worship, and you love the teachings, and you love, and you connect with people around here. That's what, I, of course, I hope for that, but as I sat back and realized that you're spending 99% of your time elsewhere, my, my main hope here is that you come here, and that you feel like you're being equipped that you're learning to fish. That's why we do things like last week. We break out calendars and go, hey, I'm gonna stop talking and for 10 minutes, get your calendar, look at your schedule, fill it out. What are you learning? What are you seeing? Because I don't just want you to have a good Sunday morning. Man, I want you to have a good life. I want you to love God on Monday. Really, I want you to be in love with the Lord. I hope that the best time you have with the Lord is not right now, that you get to come here and celebrate the time you've been having with God and the time you've been having with community. And so anytime that we have breakout sessions where I say, hey, circle up and talk, hey, apply this to your life. I'm not being lazy. I'm just hoping that I can equip you that as you go into Monday that you feel like you know how to pursue God, how to live in this active, beautiful relationship with the Lord, that that you know how to build community, that you know how to be a disciple of Jesus. Does that make sense? I just feel like I need to remind us of that vision, that 99% of your time won't be spent in the ruby. But I hope you're so close with God. I hope you're so close with your communities outside of the space. And so um, with that in mind, let's get started for this week. That was a lot of prefacing, all right, a lot of segues. But Man, something I was thinking about this week that that really hit me on Thursday at one o'clock when God kind of flipped the script on me. You know, there is so much power in story. Like stories are so powerful. I feel like oftentimes we think and we feel and we process through story, right? This is why we love TV shows, right? Jim and Pam, Michael Scott, just my life, right, the office, no, Jesus is my life, but the office was also a big part of my life, and it's like, that's why I love that show, it's a good story, it's why when a movie like The Joker comes out, whether you've seen it or not, you know it came out, you know about it, it's like, it's like humanizing this villain who loves to just create chaos and turn the world order upside down for no reason, but this new movie comes out and going, No, we're going to give you the backstory, what made him who he is, and everyone's like, whoa, I want to know that story, it's why when you watch movies like the Titanic and you know it's based on real events, you just, it's just magnetic. You're like, whoa, this really happened. It's why when someone's sharing a story and they're telling about a sad part of their life, if you're anything like me, you start crying when they start crying and you're like, I just met you four minutes ago, but my goodness, my heart is in shambles because you're crying. Why? It's the power of story, right? You ever get lost in a story when someone's telling a story and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm just connecting with this on like a different level and I just met you. It's, like, it's powerful, right? And I believe that, I believe God created us to be this way, to connect with story, to resonate with narrative. If you look at the Bible, so much of scripture is a narrative, it's God's story. And I believe it's God's story, it's still being told to this day that we're living in the reality of what the Bible started, that it's just this powerful story. I believe that God made us to love story. And I don't know if you know this, but I really want you to hear this today. Your story, as you sit in that black chair, whether you plan to be here or not, that your story is so powerful. Your story, the story that God has given you, what your life has looked like, is so powerful that God has given you something powerful and that you're surrounded by people right now who have a story that is so powerful And I feel like God was leading me today to talk for a few moments about the power of testimony, the power of testimony. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. I'm going to flip there. Uh, I think it's going to be on the screen. Yeah, we'll put it up on the screen. But if you have a Bible, you can turn there if you want. Um, But Revelations 12, verse 11. I'm going to read it out of the, the ESV. It says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. It says he's talking about these, these people that have been martyred for their faith. And really, if you read chapter 12, it's a pretty insane story. But basically, Satan is being dominated, and he's being dominated by two things the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimonies of those dying for Jesus. There is power in story and what God has done in your life so much power that it says we overcome by the blood of Jesus first we acknowledge that it starts with Jesus and then the power the words of our testimonies in acts chapter 4 verse 33 we'll pull this up too I'll wait for you there we go it says and with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all it says these the apostles are proclaiming, they're preaching this thing, and it wasn't as if they took hours to prepare a neat teaching. Jesus had only just died and resurrected and ascended to heaven. All they're doing is saying, We've got to tell you where God has met us. Here's what we've seen Jesus do. This is when the first church begins, and scripture records that thousands of people are coming to faith. Why? The blood of Jesus has been shed, Jesus has resurrected, and disciples, apostles are proclaiming what they've seen Jesus do. There is power in their testimony. And it's easy to look at this story and go, well, yeah, they saw Jesus die and resurrect. But I really believe that God himself has given you, handcrafted in you, a story that is powerful, powerful powerful enough to see salvation in other people. There's power in your testimony. There's this moment in Joshua chapter 4 that just really sticks out to me. We all know about uh, the Israelites leaving Egypt, or probably you've heard of it at least, where they leave Egypt and they're at the Red Sea and the, the waters part. Have you heard that story before? I wonder if you knew that there was a second time this happens. In Joshua chapter 4, the Israelites, here we go again, they're traveling, and the Jordan River is in their way. Yet again, another body of water that they can't cross on their own, and God parts the waters, and a million people cross on dry land. It kind of hit me this week how long that would have taken. It's like I always see the waters parting, and like 12 people walk across, and I'm like, whoa, but a million? It's like, golly, three hours later, these waters are really holding back. This is incredible. guys. this is a long miracle. It's amazing. A million people cross, and then this really cool thing happens. Can you please just write down or log in your, remember Joshua 4. It's really important. I think it's just this beautiful story. They receive instruction. They say, hey, go gather stones from the dry land and carry them with you. They're called remembrance stones. So that when your children ask, what's that about? You can tell them, man, there was a moment where we didn't think there was a way and God made a way. There was this moment where we came to this body of water and we weren't gonna swim across, it was too large, but God parted the waters and we crossed. There's moments in your life, I believe this, that you can look back on, no matter what season of life you're in right now, but there are moments in your life that you can look back on and go, man, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I wasn't sure where to turn, but God showed up. He showed up. There are moments where I look back and I was crying and I was desperate and I didn't know where it was going to come from, where help was going to come from, and I don't know how it happened, but man, God showed up through that person, through that coincidence that was far too much of a coincidence, through that song, through the whatever it was, God came. I think scripture would, would encourage us to not forget those moments, to remember them. I think so often we're looking forward you know where you're at right now and you know where you're trying to go. And so, so often your mind is lured into this place of going, how am I going to get there? How am I going to figure out? Which leads to what? Anxiety and worry and the what is and all the questions that go, how's it going to work? What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? I think so often we're just standing here looking forward that we forget sometimes to look back and remember what God's done in our life. He's met us before. We've been here before. He's taken us through this before. And for us to take these proverbial uh, remembrance stones, remember what God has done, there's this other moment in Psalm 77. Write that down. Take note of Psalm 77. Read this sometime this week. It's so powerful. This guy named Asaph with a cool name that I plan on naming my first child, son or daughter, just Asaph, because I love Psalm 77. Deal with it. <laughs> Sorry about elementary school. Um, he writes this psalm, and in the first nine verses... He says things that are honestly kind of uncomfortable for it to be in the Bible because he's pretty much doubting God's goodness the entire time and asking pretty bold questions. Things like, God, have you forgotten to be gracious? And you just get this feeling that he can't sleep, he's tossing and turning, cannot find comfort, doesn't know where God is. And then something really powerful happens. He uses verses 10 through 20 to begin testifying of the stories not that he himself experienced, but that his ancestors experienced and told him about, that he heard from his parents and his grandparents, the God of Jacob that parted the seas. He doesn't mention what God did in his own life. He only mentions stories that other people have told. Do you know how powerful your story is that when someone else hears it, it gives them faith in the Lord? He's going, man, God, I'm gonna cling to faith, not because I have some personal experience. And you may sit in here totally resonating with Asaph. I don't know what story to look back on in my own life, but today I believe you're gonna hear from someone else and maybe it'll encourage you to keep holding on to hope. There's moments like in Joshua 4 where God goes, hey, you just experienced this, don't forget it, hold on to it. And then there's Psalm 77 moments where you go, hey, you don't have hope, but someone else is going to share about where they've seen God, and it's going to help you hold on. I wonder if you ever had a moment like that, where you go, "I'm, I'm trying to reach back into my memories, I can't remember anything, where I've seen God. But man, my friend shared this story, and it helped me keep holding on. And my friend went through this, and it feels a lot like what I'm going through. And if, if he or she has hope, maybe I can have hope. So I believe there's moments where our own story, God wants to remind us of where we've seen Him work. It will encourage us. And there's other times where we'll hear stories from other people, and it will encourage us. And I believe we're going to have a space to hear, to hear both of those things this morning. And before I start getting into what it looks like for us to remember parts of our stories, I just want to share a little bit of my own life so I'm gonna ask you to, to do a little digging in your own heart and your own mind this morning, but I, I don't wanna do that without doing it myself first. And as I was just praying and asking God what I should share but my own story, this is what came to mind. I remember being 21 and, uh, time out. Time in. I remember being 21 in North Carolina. Landon, you were there. And I was supposedly like this really strong Christian leader at Belmont. But uh, my whole life had been a life of, and I've told you this before, but addiction, and I loved being under the influence of anything, whether it was alcohol or drugs or Nyquil. I didn't really care. I'd do whatever it took to get under the influence, and so I was on this roller coaster I'll, I'll always. You find me leading ministry, preaching hard and meaning it, and then the next day I'd, I'd just be like falling prey to my addictions, and that was just kind of my life for like probably like four or five years. Felt like I'd never get off that ride, and I remember being in North Carolina, spent the first few few days of this vacation with my friends, just just drinking, just getting as drunk as I could and, and loving it. And we went to my, uh, my friend's house. So the second half of the trip, we went to another house that my friend's parents had, and he was a pastor, and so there was no drinking there. And um, we were sitting around a bonfire, all just hanging out, and I was finally sober. And I remember walking away from that bonfire, and no one knew, I don't even know if you know that I did this, but I walked away from the bonfire and went to the front yard, and, and no one knew I'd walked away. And I just started... Yeah, I just felt awful. I just felt so alone. Um, I thought I was about to cry. Uh, I'm not scared to cry, it just stopped. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you've been here anytime, time, you know I'm ready to cry whenever I want. So uh, it's my party, I can cry. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> good. Oh, thank you, cannery people. You guys are really helping the laugh sound. That's really nice. Um, and again, one more, no. Um, all right sorry, um, but I was just praying, and I was just like, God, I'm just, I feel so alone. I don't know why I keep doing this. I can't get away from it. Will you just please help me? I, I just, I, I, I'm not being me. I just, I don't even really remember what I prayed, which makes a lot of sense for that season of my life, but I just was like, I am desperate, and I hate everything. <laughs> That's how I feel, and uh, a few weeks later, this may not sound like an answer to prayer, but I look back and go, whoa, this is a remembrance stone for me. This is, this is a Jordan River moment. Um, I got in a drunk driving accident, got arrested. I did not die and no one else died. That is not always how that story goes. For some reason, it went that way this time. And a few weeks later, I started my internship at Ethos with Dave Clayton. And the first conversation I had as an official intern was me, my parents, and Dave talking about, here's what just happened. I just got out of jail. And uh, are you still down for me to be a pastoral intern? <laughs> and I remember in that moment, I could just, gosh, I'm ready to ball my eyes out. Um, I just remember in that moment, Dave, and just, he said the Holy Spirit let him to go 100%. The internship's gonna look a little different than I thought it was, but I want you, I want you here. And I remember sitting down with him and he, him just telling me, Josh, I don't, uh, paraphrase, I don't care about how gifted you are. I care that you love the Lord. I don't care if you're a good teacher, if you're, I don't, it doesn't matter, I just want you to love God, he loves you, and I want you to be in deep relationship with him, and that's what our time's gonna be about. And so from that moment, huh, huh I just, uh, it's, it's, you know, sanctification, it's training, it's daily growth, but I look back and go, man, I haven't, I'm, I'm not just forgiven, I'm free, I'm free of so many addictions in my life for years. I'm not who I was on that North Carolina trip, and, uh, I just look back and go, God, thanks. Thanks for the accident. Thanks that no one died for saving my life. (laughs) That day, for some reason, I wanted a drunken intern for a season. And uh, it's like not just choosing to remember that moment, but let it sink in, let yourself feel it, and go, no, 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 God, you showed up. You really did. No matter how much I can doubt you right now, you showed up. That's my Joshua 4 moment for this morning, and I can tell it's from the Spirit, because I'm getting wrecked over here. Uh, Don't mind me, (laughs) but there's moments in your life where God has moved, and I don't know where you're feeling this morning, how distant you feel from the Lord, but I believe there's moments, even if you don't believe in Jesus, that you go, man, if God is really showed up right there. I'm not convinced he is, but if he is, that was probably him. So even if you don't believe in Jesus yet, I would encourage you to participate in what we're about to do, but I'm gonna encourage us this moment, and I'm gonna give us space to do it, to look back on our testimony There's a few words. Oh, Shane, you're ahead of the game. Yes. I want us to start by remembering. By taking time, giving yourself permission, give God your full focus for a little bit, and remember your story. Find your remembrance stones. Where did God intersect your life? And you may go, it wasn't recent. That's okay. If you don't think, I would disagree with you. I believe God's been more involved in your life than you could ever imagine. But there may be a moment where you go, man, I, I really, I want to doubt it, but I'm pretty sure that was him. And I just want to invite you to remember that. But don't just remember it, reflect on it. And for me, there's a difference there. It's one thing for me to tell you the story about North Carolina, and it's another thing for me to remember and reflect on what the sound of the fire was, the sound of the people talking, and how quiet it got once I walked away. And the sound of my voice as I was just trembling before the Lord, just saying, please help me, I feel alone. What did it feel like? What were the words I said? Letting that moment soak in. So don't just look back in your testimony and quickly go over it as if you're introducing yourself and just telling a quick story. But reflect on it. Absorb it. What did you feel? What did the despair feel like? What did the joy feel like when you sensed the Lord showing up out of nowhere? And then third, rejoice in it. Remember it, absorb it, reflect in it, and then just say, God, you did not have to. You're God. You do whatever you want and yet in that moment, you met me. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Like, Jesus, thank you. You met me. And it may be a story that you remember every time you think of your testimony, but if God's leading you to think of it one more time, do it, absorb in it, and thank God for it. And then fourth, we're going to talk about retelling it, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So for the next Eight to 10 minutes, I tried to get through this teaching as quick as I could, which probably wasn't fast enough, but to get back to that that 1%, 99% conversation, I want to help equip you with things that help you as you walk through life. I don't know what kind of season you're in, but I think no matter what season you're in, it's always a good thing to stop for a second, to press pause, to not look forward, to not let the anxious thoughts creep in, but for just a little bit, giving yourself permission to be fully present and reflect on your story. Where have you seen God? What are the moments where you came to a body of water and you weren't crossing that water unless somehow it turned to dry land? And it did. You saw the Lord. And so for the next eight or so minutes, which is longer than it sounds like, I'm gonna invite you, I say this if you're a regular, you've heard me say this, to treat this like your living room. If you need to go on a walk, Sit on our porch, move your chair, lay down in the bed. I don't care. Participate in this in whatever way you want to, but I would ask you to participate. Spend some time with God. Reflect on your life. Go, God, where have I seen you? And if you don't believe in God this morning, God, if you were real, where, where would I have seen you in my life? Take some time to remember it, to reflect on it. And I invite you to pray a prayer of thanksgiving to God, and an extended prayer. like just, just say thank you to the Lord. Am I making sense this morning? You with me? Awesome. So I'm going to stop talking. This is, the, this is the part where you come in. And I'm going to just encourage you to be vulnerable with the Lord um, and move around. Wherever you need to go to be in private is fine. Um, for the next eight to ten minutes, remember, reflect, and then rejoice, okay? Does that sound all right? All right. I gotta do the part where I stop talking. Here it comes. Engage with the Lord this morning. God, will you just bless this time? I'm, spo- I'm supposed to be leading this out. <coughs> Gosh. I just love it when you can just trust God when he's changing directions. It just blows my mind that I'm pastoring here. (laughs) If I could spend the 99% with you, I'd tell you all the time how much I love doing this, but I can only do it from a mic for 1% of your week, but just know how much I just love this, I'm so thankful. Um, So what what we've just done is tried to participate in that Joshua 4 moment where some people had just experienced something and God goes, hey, don't forget it. Don't forget it. This is your story. Take the stone. Don't forget this. Carry it with you. And that's what we're trying to do right now is, hey, find those stones. Find those moments in your own life where you've come and you've encountered God. And now we're going to step into that Psalm 77 rhythm where there may be an Asaph in the room. Maybe we all go, I relate to Asaph, where I go, God, I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't know that you're real. But I'm gonna pray that the, the, second, the second half of that passage comes true, that the stories of other people will encourage us this morning. And so I'm about to ask us to do something even more vulnerable. <laughs> if you're a regular here, you're like, I know, I already know what you're about to do, and uh, you're right. Um, um, one, you don't have to do it, okay? So you don't have to do what I'm about to ask you to do, and that'd be totally okay. I think this has already been a gift. Um, but I'm gonna ask you to, Consider circling up. There's a lot of us here, so we'll spill coffee and everything will be fine. But to circle up in groups of three, we usually do three to five, but because of what we're about to do, I think three is going to have to be the sticking point. It can be a people you know or people you don't know. Three to four, okay? But not five, it's too many. But circle up in in, in small groups, and I want to invite you to share one of the things that came to your mind, and we've left some space, we've got like probably three to four minutes a person, which is more time than you think when you're actually talking, you can share for a little bit, to, to just share one of those things, and maybe you have something that's too vulnerable and you want to pass, that's totally good. I would encourage you to circle up anyway and just listen. You can just say, I'm passing, and everyone's gonna, we'll just agree that this is a safe place to share or pass. Can we just all nod our heads, safe, safe place, okay? We're gonna be gracious, and we will respect and appreciate any vulnerability you're willing to step into and share. But maybe you're just going to listen today, but I would encourage you to listen with the spirit. God, help me to hear, help me to hear other stories and just see where you might be encouraged by someone else, but there's power in your testimony and there's power in the testimonies of others. And so as you circle up in groups of three, I encourage you to, to share what's one or two of the things you thought about in your life where you saw God move. And uh, we'll do this for the next like 14 minutes, which I know if, You don't come to church a lot. You weren't expecting this. You have a lot more of a role than you thought. Um, I think it's going to be a gift. So if you circle up with someone you don't know, just briefly introduce yourself. Um, Don't linger too long because I want you to tell your story. All right? So if you're comfortable, you can circle up your chairs in groups of of two to three to four and uh, share your story. If you see someone you don't know, please introduce yourself. If you see someone by themselves, invite them in. But uh, make a mess. Go for it. This is your house. All right? (laughs) Circle up in groups of three. All right, uh, hey, I'm going to, it breaks my heart to have to talk over you right now. I'm just very sorry, Uh, but I got to do the whole, like, the rest of the gathering thing. Um, I just want to testify, even like, you may still have weathered all of this awesome stuff and still be going, I'm not sure about the Lord, and that's okay. Just so you know, like, we're not here to, like, force you to, like, have an experience, um, but man, I hope you, I hope you heard from God through your own story, through someone else. But this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> I had uh, two different people on my heart this morning uh, before I pulled into the parking lot, and um, I, the group I went that I went and circled up with because uh, Brad, hey Brad, I wrote your name down. Uh, Brad came and said, "Hey, will you circle for my kids?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And as I was talking to them, one of them um, is a student of the teacher who was on my heart this morning, just so randomly. Just, there was two people, and one, I just, I prayed for her while I was rolling into the parking lot, and the odds that in the ruby at Ethos that I would talk to an eighth grader already were just staggering, um, <laughs> uh, and I want more, so keep coming back, please, forever, but, uh, but it was just like, already I'm just like, and then he said, because I made the rule of five, that he and his wife, I had to let their three kids be in their own group, and go, and then they got to have some cool conversations, and Already, I'm just like, oh, God, it's cool. Like, you were, you were over this. You're here because the cannery was shut down. And I just, I don't know. God's all in it. So, oh, all right, love you guys. Um, we're going to go get communion now as a fam, which is short for family. I'm in such a good mood now. I'm going to make the most dad jokes. So, um, we can stand together. We have communion in the front and the back in all four corners. And so, you can exit towards the middle, and you can go to the front or back, whatever corner is closest, Return to your seats on the outside, and uh, we'll take communion together, so don't don't eat the bread, don't drink the cup yet. We're going to do that together, okay?